Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis. I'm Benjamin Holden. Oh, there we go. We didn't get a little accent this week. No, not at all. Saving it. Saving it for next week. <laughs> this episode is kindly sponsored by Fablet X Men, which I will be telling you more about during the episode, what I'm wearing and some of the offers that are currently being thrown out, dished out by Fablet X Men. So me and Ben, well, actually, you can probably hear it in my voice a little bit. I still feel a little bit rough from the engagement party that we had on Friday. So it was the Jubilee. Because, I mean, I don't know when this episode is actually going to go live, but it was the Jubilee weekend. Um, myself and Ben hosted a engagement party on the Friday. I mean, that was a lot of food, mm-hmm. a lot of drink, and I had more of the drink than the actual food. And it's now Monday, and I shit you not, I still feel a little bit, like, rough like under the weather yeah i don't feel that much physically i was saying uh someone asked me a question today on instagram the question box of how do you train after being hungover and i actually find it very easy to train or do something especially if it's something low intensity like a walk or a cycle and i'm not having to exert myself at high intensity i find that very easy to physically do rather than willow in self-pity and just eat all day which is a lot of what a lot of people do when they have a hangover and i think it makes you feel worse so getting getting doing something outdoors always helps but the thing that i've struggled with as i got older is the physical and mental side of it of feeling anxious i even had a little bit of feels of it this morning as well i think it's just the alcohol it's nothing even i can i can pinpoint or or put a finger on of, of an incident where i think that's what's making me feel anxious either it's just an overwhelming feel feeling of Sorry, anxiety. Well, you've actually, because you said that this morning and I said you do get that quite often when you've been drinking and it's actually not something that I get, which is quite roles reversed. I just don't really get it from from alcohol. And as Ben said, getting outside is so ideal when you've been drinking. However, to completely not recommend something, and I know a a few of you who listen to the podcast will have seen this on Instagram, on it's five weeks ish ish yeah five weeks until my 100k ultra that i'm doing for breast cancer and i'm in quite a strict program and i have been for i have been for a while really because it's something that i really want to achieve and because i'm doing strength training i'm running i'm 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 sticking to this program relatively well aren't i yeah so basically talking about things not to do after going for a boozy night out would be to do an ultra marathon the next day yeah and what did you do the next day ultra marathon exactly basically so steph and grant were staying and usually i would have done a long run on the sunday and i think i would have been okay doing it then however they were going home Saturday night and me and Steph really wanted to do a run together. And I have a I had a 45K in my plan. I've got a 55K, a 15, a 40 coming up and they're like my last long runs. And Steph was like, we can do it. I was like, yeah, yeah 100%. Woke up the next day and we, I mean, I was definitely not feeling 100%, like feeling rough. I'm not 100% sure if I was still maybe a bit drunk. And we set off and we were absolutely fine. I say we, me, Steph was perfect throughout the whole thing like she absolutely smashed it up until 30k i was relatively okay heart rate was a bit elevated obviously because of alcohol and very lack of food because we were hosting i felt like i was running around and i didn't have chance to eat as much honestly we got to 30k like i said steph i need to just pause for a sec like just stand still and stop 
And she said to me, she's like, just cry, get it all out. Cause she must've looked at me and just seen like how uncomfortable I was finding this whole run. And obviously it's really hard when I know I have a hundred K and in your head, it's like a psychological battle thinking, oh my God, I've done 30 and I'm literally going to pass out. So I cried like a scream cry, like fell to the floor, felt really just like relief, managed about another 6K and then just threw up. Was not a good time. It was a lot of pins, a lot of rum. The thing is um, though, you will just been getting in your, because sometimes when you have an issue or problem and you go running, it sits with you for a long time because you've got, that's the only stimulus that you've got. So yeah. you were in, you were in terrible conditions for it. You're dehydrated, still, lack got, of sleep. still got alcohol, lack of sleep, hardly any food in your system. Yeah. So threw up, carried on, got to a point where I had to ring Ben and say, you're going to might have to come meet us and give me some more food because we'd ran out of food. I know I, we didn't, I'd sicked up my food and we were thinking, oh my God, this is really, re- I'm in quite a bad state. Mm-hmm. Steph had a spare gel. Praise the Lord she had that because I might have had to walk back. I had that gel and I felt like I could have done 50, 60K. Like, so we managed 45, which is an ultra because it's over a marathon and without Steph and I know she'll be listening I couldn't have got through that I don't think and I think when I do the 100k that run out of everything I've done over the past six months will be the most beneficial because if I could finish that I could I feel I could do anything well I couldn't have got through my Saturday without Grant either so we had a we had a a really tough Saturday we (laughs) we got off we did a bike ride through the Cheshire country roads in the sun just strolling through wind through my hair then we got straight off the bikes, quick quick changeover, put my trainers on straight away. And we walked all the way up into Chester and got coffee. Tough times. Yeah, because that's when I rang you like, <laughs> Ben, Ben, I think I'm going to pass out. I think yeah. I'm going to faint. I, can't, I need you to come, come like pass me some food. Can you bring me a bagel? No, I'm in Chester. Yeah, I'm having <laughs> a coffee with Grant. I was having Grant. a caramel latte <laughs> with a cream and caramel on yeah, top. Yeah, I forgive you. So the, the two contrasting ways to do and do not approach a hangover yeah absolutely would never do that again because i think obviously now i feel rough today still because my body's not only recovering from doing an ultra it's recovering from alcohol and i mean i'm not a massive drinker i drink on occasions it was an occasion and we went a little bit ham so my body in general isn't even used to that amount of alcohol really so the fact we kind of did all that it, it pieces together to not well, be the I've best been situation reading about alcohol anxiety which is that someone's termed it um which is what you get alcohol induced anxiety is also associated with alcohol withdrawals for which anxiety symptoms could last for more than a week with the first 48 hours being the most difficult why would you get withdrawal what do you, what do you mean withdrawal? just because you've been blasting alcohol like when you especially when you like binge on alcohol it's called binge. Oh yeah, binge drinking on alcohol. Like mm-hmm. you have withdrawal symptoms from the first forty-eight hours. That's what sometimes causes anxiety. Apparently. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's really weird though, because I don't get that at all. Whereas you don't really drink that much, or you literally have like one or two glasses. I don't actually. I had a significant amount on Friday. What's that three three glasses? No, then, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't make me. No, I no, I felt I felt like I had quite a lot. That that Rosa Regal, which we were talking about in one of the episodes last week, Ben picked it up the next day and went, oh, did you have pass this round? I was like, no, I hid it in the fridge and drank it all. <laughs> it was actually delicious though that, so that was my own my own speciality drink. Straight face. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I feel like I might not even be, I'll too far, I've been giggling a little bit. I'm ready. 
Where <laughs> is Peter Pan's favorite place to eat out? Mm, Peter Pan, Neville, Neville, Neville Nando's. Wendy's. <laughs> you can't do that. That is for sexual innuendo. Or is in like, is that like a Hooters? No, but the reason why it's, it's funny so is rude. It's not funny. He obviously has a little, <laughs> little go at Wendy, doesn't he? His missus. But then there's a. Are they actually together though? Well, I never understood that from Peter Pan because it's a sexual tension in fairy. It's a bit weird, isn't it? It's a little bit. It's a little that's bit a, odd. Yeah. Yeah, but that's it's just like having so sexual tension with a tooth fairy, isn't it? <laughs> so. But then there's rude. obviously there's obviously a place in there's a food place called Wendy's as well in America. Yeah. Yeah. So without making it sexual. Well, that's the that's the contrast in the joke, isn't it? Yeah, but it's just awful. It's brilliant. Rude. You know, I don't think you could ever come with a joke to this podcast that isn't a little bit rude. A little bit sexual. What's the point of it, isn't it? No, because I've I've made up some funny jokes. Stop that kicking me on the table. Sorry, well. I can't tell which part which part is mine. Wow. Which what, do you have socks on? No, that's my penis on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you I really Stop hope it. we don't have young listeners. We don't. We might do. It's called the Not So Fit Couple Podcast. I which one are you eating? You've already nibbled out of that, yeah, Ben. Which um Ben does this with Coro. He just nibbles and then mm. puts it back for me to like finish. See, I like bigger ones, like breakfast bars ones. I think they're the they're like a nut bar. Mm-hmm. So they've got. I think this is the apricot bar because we don't have a lot of these ones left. Or is it not the apricot bar? It's like fruit and nut. Oh, so you need to, you need to eat off camera, Ben. Sorry. Eat off mic before we get another one star review. I'm always going to bring it up. So whoever left that review, I hope yeah, <laughs> you understand. But um, yeah. So we oh, we've also got the rice cakes today. Oh I've, yeah. I've been having these like late at night. They're actually really good. They're almost gone as well. I'm just going to show people on YouTube. All it's basically cool. like a natural rice cake, isn't it? Yeah. Dark chocolate natural rice cake hasn't got. Hasn't got like salt or honey or anything on it like that. Hundred percent Belgian chocolate. Yeah, seventy-one calories per rice cake. Mm-hmm. Whole, whole gra- Oh, the brown rice cakes. I didn't even know they existed really? with dark Belgian chocolate. I didn't know brown rice. That's not brown rice cake. No, no, maybe it is. Some beds. They're good though. To be fair, yeah. they're actually super tasty. Again, we'll leave the link to Coro below, um, and you can use the code Not So Fit Five not for so fit five. Dizzy. Yeah, one hundred percent. Shall I, were you going to go then? Shall I dive in with the, to be fair, with today's podcast, we did want to catch you up on alcohol engagement, everything like that. Mm. But we did have another topic to talk about. And it's actually kind of, I would say from a woman's perspective, I think it's a bit of a taboo topic. Is in it, I still to this day don't think it's spoken about that much (laughs) on socials, Instagram. I don't feel boyfriends are that comfortable talking to their partners about it. I think it needs to be spoken up more, especially with personal trainers and coaches, because it's a massive aspect when we're talking about weight loss, when we're talking about training, when we're talking about personal bests, when we're talking about anything to do with gym health, wellness, is periods and the menstrual cycle. And I think it's important that both males and female get females get a better understanding of this. One, because it will help with performance and weight mm-hmm. loss, but two, it'll put you in a better mindset for those weeks of when you're going through certain phases of the the menstrual cycle to not be so harsh on yourself because yeah. you'll better understand why you're feeling or why you're performing in certain ways or why your weight is going up and down like a fucking yo-yo at certain points through the month 
Yeah, I think as well, it's really important to note that me and Ben aren't doctors and we aren't gynecologists. We aren't period experts. And we are actually looking to get someone on. So looking to get a guest on who can completely talk about topics of periods, nutrition, training, contraception in a lot more detail. Because I was saying to Ben before the podcast, I think contraception being on it or being off it is so individual to the person so i'm not actually going to share i'm on contraception but i'm categorically not going to share with you what i'm on yeah this episode is more so talking about the average um menstrual cycle or or female who's not not on contraception yeah the reason that i'm personally not sharing it i have spoke about on instagram sometimes like not a lot is because I'm not recommending what I'm on. It works for me. It works for me personally. It might not work for a lot of people. It might be great. Some people hate contraception. Some people love it. So it's keep your opinions essentially to yourself a little bit and get advice from a GP because you see a lot of people on social media who either bash contraception or they love it and they like promote it. And I just, I don't want to even be involved in that. If that makes sense, it's, I just think it's too individual kind of like even like calories like I don't even I'm not asked about sharing calories because it's so individual to the person and then periods go like one up in terms of how personal it is well the reason why I want to speak about it is because it doesn't really come up that often especially in people's personal training courses in maybe even GCSEPE and it has a massive impact on those things that we spoke about before and the reason why both men and women should know about it is because fat loss will be different for a male versus a female. Mm-hmm. Why? Because men are inherently, on average, bigger than a female. So men will expend more in terms of energy and calories. And then therefore, women will take 30% longer, on average, to expend the same amount of energy. Yeah, I can't remember. We gave an example of this where I think if... So say if we did like cardio together, I would have to do probably 30 or 20 minutes more to reach the amount of calories that you burned because yeah i'm I'm female it's, mm. it it literally is that simple it's not it's not all male female but it's your bodies are naturally different the hormones are different and as women we actually do carry extra fat for reproduction so for carrying a baby that's how our bodies are made and it's also really hard because people will always ask that question like oh why is my partner like so far ahead of me or why is it easier for them it's easier because they're a guy and that's just like a blatant fact that just people should know and be aware of yeah i think for a lot of male personal trainers and men who don't understand this part they often think the hardest part of the menstrual cycle is the week of menstruation Obviously, selfishly for, for some men, it will be because that's the, that's the week where you can have some arguments and have some backlashes. Why? Because you can't have sex. No, because you're moody. Yeah, but then also, I think that's a weird one, though. I mean, you absolutely can have sex on your period. I didn't say it. I want, I'm not even talking about sex. I'm no, talking I know. What selfishly some guys will say is the hardest part of menstruation. Because your missus is moody. Because your missus is moody. But often, the, the most difficult part in terms of health and fitness and training typically is the late luteal phase yeah can i just touch on something just before we go into Mm -hmm. the four phases so this is really important to note what we're going to talk about in terms of the phases of your menstrual cycle this is when you're not on contraception now for example 
one of the most common questions is do you ovulate on the contraception pill and is this different what we're going to talk about so if you're on the pill consistently and correctly so you take the right dose at the right time and i'm not 100 percent sure what this means for other forms of contraception so the implant the injection the coil things like that you shouldn't ovulate when you're on contraception obviously to prevent pregnancy and in a usual no pill cycle the body's natural reproductive hormones fluctuate up and down taking your body through a process of preparing an egg for release releasing the egg so your hormones are working for that essentially they're working correctly and the hormones in your contraceptive pill stop and prevent your ovaries from preparing and releasing eggs so you have withdrawal bleeding it's not classed as a real period and this can make it quite difficult for people who are on contraception to understand where they are in their cycle i i 100 find it difficult i still track using like the flow app but i fucking realistically don't have much of an idea because it's it is it is difficult yeah and different if you're on contraception so we just need to make that point well, that's why i said we're, we're talking about what's typical so what i'll do is i'll get cal to pull up a um example of an illustration of the typical menstrual cycle typical i it's not everyone is the same mm-hmm. people with pcos even people who had covid their, their cycles have changed as well a lot of female clients that i've worked with there's a change so yeah endometriosis is also yeah a big exactly one. so most people think there's 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 two stages of the, the menstrual cycle obviously the follicular and the luteal but it, it's kind of broken down to four because you've got the uh <clears throat> early follicular phase which is the period menstruation between mm-hmm. typically again between day one and day seven then you've got the late follicular phase where often like people's pain threshold seems to be higher in this point as well because i think this is the point where testosterone starts to ramp up a little bit and where a lot of females can start to look at getting pbs in this period pushing training a little bit harder into that late follicular phase just before ovulation occurs in the middle of the cycle yeah so with the the first week so the one to seven days if you are obviously bleeding one important point to make is just be really kind to yourself because you're going to have cramps and you will have less energy it's just completely normal but as ben said as you start going into that day like 7 to 14 the later follicular phase the estrogen actually starts to climb it's essentially preparing your body for pregnancy but then testosterone increases so you are actually your strongest on day 14 yeah so the best advice to give during that phase is train hard the barbells train hard and fuck hard because that's the period where you'll be the most horny and also you will have higher testosterone so you'll be a bit stronger in the gym yeah which is i mean before i was on contraception i can relate to this quite well because i can remember when my cycle was tracking and thinking it this ways i kind of say it now as i feel like i have invisible periods and it's very confusing and it's it's taken me a while to understand my body and then i'll be coming off contraception soon and i'll have to get used to all this again but because me and ben talk about it quite a lot and we're quite in tune it's good to know that okay one to seven days you feel a bit weird give yourself a break six to 14 you're going to feel pretty good and that's when most people actually hit pbs which is just a really good point to take note of and it was also really weird periods in general aren't really spoken about on the personal training course they're not and it makes so weird like there there should just be a section on what we're talking about 
So even female and male personal trainers understand when they're programming for clients, how hard they should be setting their sets for their clients yeah, and, and why they feel shit. And even like more so males need to know more about it because obviously as a female, you have experience, practical experience of dealing with menstruation. As a male, you have no experience whatsoever of dealing with yeah. men- of dealing with the menstrual cycle. And most of my clients now are female. Mm. A lot of male PTs, clients will be predominantly female. Yeah. So having some education and knowledge and even listen to this podcast or recommend it to other people of the basics that we're going to go over today will potentially be helpful and mean that more females will benefit from their programs and more PTs will be able to deliver a better service because they understand the mental cycle in certain phases of it and when to pull and when to push. Do you think on that topic as well, so before you met me, because when we first got together, I talked about periods quite openly mm-hmm. to you because you're my partner and we discussed it. Before you were with me, as a personal trainer, as a guy, did you feel quite awkward if you had a female client to ask her about her cycle and her period? A little period? bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I did a couple of videos on the menstrual cycle pre that anyway, like ages ago on my YouTube video, but I think it's, th- it's still like, it's when you have conversations, there's certain things, I think even as a coach, you can feel difficult speaking about until you've done it a couple of times and you start to get a gauge and build a relationship with that person. But it's something that I ask very early on now with clients Mm. is to constantly, when we do check-ins, give me feedback loops on kind of where we're up to administration. I have a note section on the uh, coaching app and I just make a note of it as we go through because then we can start to make correlations with weight, performance, and that's it. That's the other important thing is like obviously when we go into those different phases, they're all it's always different for um, different women. But you may see weight differences week to week during menstruation, mm-hmm. and especially the week of menstruation, that early follicular phase, because hormones are going to be everywhere, water is going to be everywhere, glycogen is going to be everywhere. So we can sometimes kind of call it like a blanket week because we don't get a true reflection of where weight's going to be at. So especially if you're a female looking oh wow this part of a month like i've stuck to my diet i've been banging on my calories my steps are high i've been training hard i still fucking put weight on that's where some females may start to beat themselves up mm. and i've had that with a lot of clients before and then until we've gone oh let's see what's actually happening what's changed this week oh, and i'll ask the question like where are we up to in the menstrual cycle oh i'm actually i'm actually on at the moment mm. well there we fucking go yeah. So you haven't done anything wrong. You haven't put weight on. We just know that there's going to be certain external, temporary circumstances that have changed your weight, bloating, water, that kind of thing. And once you, we can understand that and keep a bit of a pattern and keep a bit of a log of it, it makes things a lot easier mentally to digest as well. I'm just going to interject this week's episode to tell you more about Fabletic Fablets. Fabletic Men. This is a sponsor I've been with for two or three years now, and they've kindly sponsored this week's episode of the podcast. So they do have a couple of offers to go off. I've actually been speaking to one of the guys in the gym about it today. Whether you're a guy or a female listening to the podcast, you can shop for your, for your uh, male counterpart as well. Fabletic Men, the reason I like them is because they're super simple. There's not a lot of branding on it, and they fit great as well. So some of the offers that are currently available is for new VIP members, which you can check out more about via the link link in the description is you can get 70% off any of the items currently and then the other offer offer which which is great is that you can get two pairs of shorts a little bit like the ones I'm wearing these fancy ones you can get two pairs of 24 pounds so again I'll leave the link 
in the description. When you dart over onto the website as well, I think there's a mini quiz on there if you just kind of put my name down for how you discovered Falbert X-Men. That would be absolutely awesome. And enjoy the rest of this episode. Yeah, I think one of the really good things that both myself and Ben can suggest if you are a personal trainer listening, whether you're a guy or a girl, and you send out a questionnaire to clients, add it in as a question, and if if it's a female client, and ask the usual dates of their cycle. When you know the dates of their cycle, you can then obviously work out when they're in the follicular phase, the ovulatory phase, or the luteal phase, because they're basically, it's four weeks. The first week will be... Generally. Generally, when... Um, it doesn't matter, it's, it's just a four-week block. So say if they even were, were on their period the 26th, the 30th of the month, that's technically the first week. I, so you just base it off those blocks. I don't know if you've had some of the saying though. I've had a lot of female clients, so their blocks have like completely changed because of since they've had COVID jabs. Well, do you remember? Yours completely changed as I, well. I, so weird with me. I'm on contraception and I only like, spot, like spots. I have spotting. And I said to Ben, oh my God, I am bleeding a lot. And I rang the doctors being like, because it was after I had the COVID jab, wasn't yeah. it? We were like, what the hell is going on? I mean, I still, I'm not even going to touch on that topic because I don't know well, enough don't about it. I don't think anyone knows nothing about it at the moment. Well, yeah, it wasn't. It's very, it wasn't, very, very How would you still. even test that? Um, but do you want me to explain the third phase? We've done early follicular menstruation and second follicular. So the third phase is the ovulatory phase. And this is where you have a surge in estrogen to trigger the luteinizing hormone, basically releasing an egg infertility. And this is when you are going to have a boost in strength and energy. High estrogen relates to a high pain threshold. So essentially you can still lift heavier, but as you start tailoring towards more like day 20, 21, you will feel the energy drop. So it's that middle period of around, it varies for individuals, but from around seven to 12 days in the middle of your cycle, when you're going to be feeling strong, when you'll have a higher pain threshold, and when you generally feel you've got more energy before it kind of hits the fan in the last week or last four or five days of your cycle. Mm -hmm. And obviously um, progesterone change as well, doesn't it? Because when you come out, of ovulation yeah. i think estrogen starts to drop because yeah it does this like a spike and then it goes vroom. because if you're not pregnant you don't, don't need to stay stay high uh, estrogen obviously helps with recovery and stuff as well and it helps sometimes with en- endurance as well which is why when we're talking about oh well some women will need to stay in the gym longer than the boyfriend because it takes longer to expend that energy not that we're saying you should just just be trained to expend calories by the way mm-hmm. we're just saying in comparison is that women's training volume can sometimes be a little bit higher yeah due to that reason um another reason why it's good to know these things by the way as well is because even looking at where you're up to in men- in the menstrual cycle can dictate when you're going to start a diet imagine how terrible it would be to be starting a diet in the late luteal phase of your mm-hmm. menstrual cycle yeah. where appetite's going to be higher in terms of metabolic rate we can see increases on average with between one to three hundred calories burnt per day there can be 20 to 25% increases in energy expenditure. So then therefore starting a really aggressive diet or even being in a deficit at any point can be really difficult to start a diet during that phase. So knowing where you are is really handy because it may dictate, oh, I might actually start my diet or I might actually start my training the week after. 
Yeah, so in the late luteal, it's also a lot of people refer to it as like PMS. Mm -hmm. So like pre-menstruation, your progesterone is basically at its peak, but there's a massive, massive drop in your testosterone, estrogen. So everything you said there, you start getting these weird, like more cravings and feel very hungry. You're lethargic. You're actually also more prone to injury, which is quite interesting. So if you're, I don't know, an example would be like CrossFit, for example, Mm -hmm. where you're throwing weights above your head you are more prone to injury in those circumstances so it's just being aware about those different things and understanding your body as a woman because it's quite complex there's a lot going on the other thing that you can do is obviously if you're one of these people as well who's lifting and sticking to percentage work you can even look at running potential deload weeks during these these phrases yeah absolutely nothing wrong with that and then the other thing what like what what can we just explain a deload week in case you've got some new listeners Deload week is where we pull back volume or intensity or both. Um, so we can do that via lightening the load, pulling back rep ranges, pulling back sets so right. that we don't blast the central nervous system and the immune system so hard. Then we get the joints and stuff a little bit of time to apologies recover as well. Mm-hmm. But also we can look at doing it things with diet, i.e. in those phases where we know that metabolic rate is going to change and there might be a higher output of energy and calories we can actually add in a little bit of calories during this phase instead of trying to crunch harder when essentially you're fighting the, the natural biology of the body so putting i mean you can't introduce into introduce loads of food here because especially as a female the, the kind of wiggle room you've got to play with between a deficit and then tripping over maintenance isn't super high but looking at volumous foods so introducing an extra few hundred calories can really help or even running a maintenance week sometimes during this yeah. phase is fine because if we're looking at things and taking some perspective and putting it in context of okay i've got four weeks if i diet during three weeks then i take one week where i'm at maintenance and i feel well better from being at maintenance my training's better i recover better i'm actually not sometimes going over my calories because i think what can happen sometimes is that especially during that late luteal phase where appetite's naturally going to be higher and you're trying to diet if you then binge or if you then overeat, it can make you feel like shit when it's not really your fault. So increasing calories or bringing it up to maintenance can help. And this is where sometimes looking at diet breaks is helpful. I spoke about diet breaks before where you'll do two weeks um, at a deficit and then two weeks of maintenance. Or you can even do three weeks at a deficit and one week at maintenance, exactly which will fit the menstrual cycle. can be super, super helpful. And there's lots of other benefits of diet breaks like we spoke about before, but this may be super, super suitable for you and even worth trying if you're someone who really suffers in that late luteal luteal phase of the menstrual cycle. Yeah, and you can help yourself with certain things as well. Again, it will depend on you as a person and what foods you enjoy to eat, but having more magnesium-rich foods during the late luteal phase, so before you're coming on your period again, will help a little bit with fatigue and low libido and avoiding more things such as caffeine alcohol added added salt in things and carbonated drinks because they're the four things that can actually enhance period cramps so period cramps are the worst when you get them back do you remember how bad i used yeah. to get them like drag whoop, period pain so if you know you're about to come on and don't want the worst cramps don't have as much caffeine, don't be drinking shit tons of alcohol. Again, might not work for you, but it works for a lot of women if you do think about what you're actually eating and when you're eating it in certain phases. 
but I think it is just super important to understand. Yeah, we spoke about obviously take note of. we spoke about coaches knowing more about this, but also if you're a client of a coach, it's even worth just bringing up. Like even if they don't ask you to say, "Listen, I'm menstruating this week," or "I'm up to this phase in the menstrual cycle this week." Um, because it'll probably be a good thing for your coach to know, especially if it's if kind of you've checked in and you know you're in the week of menstruation and weight's gone up and your coach has gone, okay, this week we're gonna lower calories or we're gonna up cardio, um, or is questioning your performance because they don't know where you're up to in the cycle can be super, um, it could be really negative for it to, for it to happen, especially with off the back of something which isn't your fault or you haven't done anything wrong. Why are you looking at me, question there? Because I'm also thinking, do you think it's a bit of a red flag in a personal trainer if you've been with them for, say, like three months and they haven't asked you once about your cycle? I think as a personal trainer, you should have gone out of your way. But it depends what a personal trainer's up to because if, uh, we could then say it's a red flag for the companies who are coaching and education personal trainers that they don't know. Yeah, no, I do think that. But then I think as a personal trainer off your own back, you should... But this is the point I was doing this podcast is then yeah. how better educate educate some of the PTs because I also think at the same time sometimes it's not their fault because they're not told the importance of it, especially as a guy who's had no practical experience with menstrual cycles. You don't realise the importance of it. Yeah, no, I'm not blaming people, but I do think, yeah, you you should definitely be. If think, you've had a client for X amount of months and well, yeah, I think obviously asked. if you've been a PT for a long period of time, it can it can almost be naive of you not to better educated yourself and obviously understood the, the female anatomy and the, the certain phases that females will go through especially if you're coaching a lot of them yeah i 100% agree though as a guy it's probably not the first thing that crosses your mind as a woman i've had a period from yeah. my early teens so a normal thing for me to always ask was oh where are you up to in your cycle how are you feeling mm-hmm. are you so yeah complete so that's probably quite biased from me thinking people need to know and they need to ask but it's not an it's not at all a dig it's just if if you're listening you're a personal trainer you've not asked those questions just drop your clients a message say oh just really sorry can i just know where you're up to in your cycle and that's it's not a taboo topic it's just a really really good way to ask the question yeah well as guys we don't obviously have those cycles we get it quite easy so would you go the only thing that'll happen is like between maybe 16 to 21 you're like fucking dog on heat he's horny as anything that's anything you have to worry about but then you're getting like super gains anyway yeah that's right, it, yeah. That's what you have to worry about but yeah again the other thing that can really affect it is if like you're competing there is a point where you can lose the menstrual cycle yeah I'm in a mood I'm in a rear I think that is because again it could be wrong is that when you bring calories that low there's a change in the metabolic rate and some of the hormones change because there's a certain amount of calories, I can't remember how many it is per week or per month that you have to be on, which helps to aid the menstrual cycle because you need such an amount of energy to be able to raise a child through childbirth. And when that dips below that point, there isn't the capacity, there isn't enough energy intake to be able to go through a pregnancy and through labor. So then the body stops the menstrual cycle essentially because it doesn't have enough energy intake to be able to even take the body through pregnancy and labor yeah there's so there's quite a few reasons why it can happen it can be even things like contraception medication hormonal imbalances like pcos and things like that so i'm talking about 
competitive athletes. Yeah, but so the lifestyle factors, low body weight, excessive mm-hmm. yeah. exercise and stress yeah. are three of the biggest causes. And again, very individual to the person, but a lot of people who have had an eating disorder, such as anorexia, yeah. often stop having periods because of the abnormal hormonal changes. Then you've got obviously on the other side of the spectrum is excessive exercise. And funnily enough, I, even as a swimmer, I never lost my period. And I don't know how, because I was training nine to 10 times a week. I, I, I lived training. That's like all I did. So I don't know how I didn't, I'll never know, which is good that I didn't because I know a lot of the swimmers did because we were training so much. But yeah, those things, excessive exercise, stress and low body weight are definitely factors that can contribute to losing your period. That's why I always say to people like, take some perspective, have some context when it comes to competing. Obviously there's, there's ways where you can do it safely, but at the same time, like you're going to grow up later in life not worrying about having abs or being shredded mm. it's be about having a kids and being healthy and feeling good and wanting a good quality of life yeah because that's one of the i've been asked by a few girls who have come to me and said oh do you, can you prep me for a bodybuilding uh, show yeah. i'm like no sorry i i don't really want to help you get to such low body fat percentage i just one i don't have a clue what i'm doing i've never competed i never would don't know how to prep you for that and i'm with what with what Ben said in terms of you know just I don't want to be the reason why you're losing your period. I know it's quite a strange way to look at it, but I just I it just be, don't. it can be a lot more dangerous for females. And again, we're going to be hopefully speaking to a guest in a couple of weeks' time more about the use of steroids. Sometimes I've listened to a couple of podcasts, and again, could be wrong, and this is why we'll bring someone to speak about it. That can often for a female be worse for her to do a bodybuilding show natural than enhanced really Mm. just because of what goes on with the hormones but wouldn't a steroid affect your hormones anyway i I don't i don't i don't know enough about that to even comment on it so again that's why i'm saying i could be wrong i must be to someone but i've listened to some educated people speak about it and i'd be that's why i'd be interested to get the perspective from someone who's in the know Mm. yeah whether whether you're in sport looking at weight loss or just every day um this hopefully will help why you see fluctuations in performance, weight and appetite. And this is something that we all need to be aware of, men and women, and how that we can best work with the mental cycle and not against it because how each woman will react is very different. Yeah, and that's such a a true point what you said there. Let's work with it Mm -hmm. because it's not great. It's not the most comfortable thing. So if you can work with it, and just understand because you do end up being so hard on yourself. It's like, oh my God, why is my weight going up seven pounds? Oh, it's this part of my period or I'm on my cycle. Oh, I'm in the luteal phase of eating more. I feel like this. Why have I just done a shoulder press and felt my shoulder literally feel like it's going to pop out? Oh, I'm in the late luteal phase. So it's just really good to know. We just literally touched the surface and gone over the basics. But I think as a personal trainer, all you need to know is the basics. Mm even if you're not a personal trainer and you just go to the gym and you're using the My Coach School app, that's our plug, you you need to know this as as a woman, mm-hmm. like why you feel a certain way yeah, so when you're training. I think like the best thing you can do is share this podcast with other people mm-hmm. if, if you've benefited from it because I think it'll help a lot of females and males as coaches, but then also other women hopefully understand how they can better train stick to programs 
and enjoy their health and fitness journey more with this education between their ears. Just one of the points that I had to make as well, which I think is really helpful, are a few apps that Good idea. that I've used and that I know a lot of other people use. There is one called Flow Period Tracker and Calendar, and I think that is definitely the most popular. I mean, they've got a hundred twenty-six thousand reviews. That's and it's the five one star. that a lot of my clients will screenshot and send to me, and I'll add it to their notes section yeah. when we're going through the coaching check-ins. And it's it's from both a client and coach perspective, it's super helpful to have that information, as especially visibly as well. Yeah, I think to be fair, that is probably the best one. And then you've got Clue Period and also Period Tracker, Period Calendar. So they're all quite similar, really easy to use. I would just recommend as a as a woman to get that downloaded and just start tracking a little bit yourself, so you understand where you are, why you feel like you're doing. Also, sometimes just to add in to the mix when you feel like a really moody bitch and <laughs> you literally you're so moody and it's like what is wrong like what is wrong with me oh i'm in a certain phase of my of my cycle well i think even communicating that with your boyfriend or partner or whoever is just super helpful because if i've fucking left my water bottle on the side because i put it down for two seconds and you flip your lid i'm like what what the, what the fuck is going on yeah i don't understand yeah She's lost the plot. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just a weak administration or you're in the like Luther phase. If you communicate that better, oh, okay, I understand. Yeah. It can be a bit more accommodating to, to her. Yeah. Like you're hoovering, you've had a, you've had a meltdown, started crying on the floor. Okay, I understand. Yeah. I mean, mine is a little bit different, as I said, because I'm on contraception. No, I'm just speaking generally. But I said to Ben, what's so weird, I still feel like I get the symptoms of the different phases. Yeah. Again, not going to comment on it because I think it's super individual. But I always talk to Ben about it. So if I'm feeling a certain way, he will know. <laughs> so speak about or speak to your GP about it because I think it's super helpful for you to to be more informed on it as well. Yeah, 100%. One of the things that I wanted to mention as well, because I know we mentioned it on last week's episode, yep. I think, is the Hybrid Half Programme. And it is just released on the My Coach School app. You can just sign up. There'll be a link below. You can use the code hybrid half for 21% off. And this program is actually, so speaking of periods as well, really beneficial because sometimes when you're trying to incorporate running and lifting, you naturally might not give yourself enough calories because you don't really know what to give yourself yeah. with the running and mm-hmm. expending more energy myself and ben do your calories and macros for you for your goals so you can request it on the app and if you're doing the hybrid program we can accommodate you so you'll reach your goals you'll feel amazing whether it's body we can't build muscle lose fat run the half whatever it is we can accommodate how you feel and then also on the app there is a note and a goal section so in the note section what i'd always recommend to do is when you are on your period or feeling a little bit funky this is what i do anyway in our app is i just note down how i'm feeling so you can just keep log on it and just be aware of of how the hell it's going this one's been one of the the or, or if not the most uh, popular program that we've launched so far i think the big thing of it is, is like a lot of people look at half marathon and think, oh, I can't do that. I can't do 21K. I've just had a client, shout out to Lizzie if she's listened to the podcast, who we went from doing like no K to 10K. Unfortunately, she, she got COVID and oh, just thought she no. couldn't do her actual charity event. But we built up fairly quickly. And one of the, the big things with running is a lot of people get frustrated with it because they don't have something set. 
they'll just go out and run. And at that point, you're not a runner, you're a jogger. You just train to be a jogger and you never get any better. You just stay the same all the time. One of the biggest mistakes is that people make when they go running at first is that they just run hard all the time. One, it's super taxing. And two, it's really demotivating and you don't yeah, recover properly to be able to perform. Most of the runs that we do and we would recommend to do would be easy runs. And that's a lot of the stuff that you'll be doing inside the hybrid half training program and there's a lot of easy running. And people sometimes think, what is that? how can I just do easy runs and get better? That's where you build your aerobic base and there's some other training days in there which will then help you build the aerobic base to become better or quicker at a lower heart rate. So that'll be all explained in the program that Lucy has created. And... Even if you're someone who's not run a lot, lot before, I think you'll take a lot from it and you'll probably become quite addicted to doing it. I think it's probably come out the right time for a lot of people as they're coming into the summer because you can get outside more and do something a little bit different and a little bit more challenging. Yeah, that's one of the points that I actually made when we were thinking about releasing this program is a lot of people are on the cusp of wanting to do something they've never done before or a different challenge. And it's like, what can I do? Setting yourself to do a half marathon is absolutely fantastic. It is such an achievement. And it could be, we've got people doing this program who have done halves before and they just want the program to help them so they can do lifting and running. We've got people who don't really run at all joining the program and starting off because with running, it's so individual. It doesn't matter how fast you go in. It just does not matter because it makes you feel so good mm -hmm. and that's the reason we bought out the program so there's links below hybrid half will give you 21 percent off the first month so make sure you do pop that code in don't just click the link and think the code will be added make sure you just add the code as yeah. well to get 21 percent off indeed and that'll only work through the link if you search um micro school app in apple app store or google store you won't be able to use the code It'll literally need to be through the link that's provided either in the youtube video if you're watching on youtube Hello. <laughs> or um, on Apple or Spotify show notes. Yeah, so we really hoped you enjoyed today's episode. We wanted to just talk about periods really. So as Ben said before, share it to other people. Yeah. Share it to, I don't know, even if, even if you're a client who has a personal trainer, think, yeah. do you know what? This could be really helpful for them. Or my coach them. could do with us into this. Yeah, oh, my coach, this would be really helpful. Whoever it is, just, you know, give it a share. Let us know if you enjoyed this episode. As we said, we are going to get a period expert on. And that'll be, I mean, I cannot wait for that yeah, because there's a lot of research online on the internet about periods and this and that. So having an expert on will be absolutely fantastic. As always, thank you so much for sharing the podcast and leaving reviews because we are at number one. one in the uk fitness charts which is still mind-blowing to me that is literally crazy and that is thanks to you guys and we need to keep climbing the normal podcast charts so please keep leaving reviews keep sharing it to other people that's the biggest thing if you've benefited in any way from this podcast please share it to other people because it means that you can help we can help more people as well yeah and we will catch you in next week's episode bye guys bye